Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, it's great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Thanks to all of you taking the time to send through a text or dial the number. Today, we're going to have a chat to the owner of the Trentham Hotel. Next, former NBL and NBA star Chris Anstey's on the line. Welcome to you, Chris. Great to have you on. Hello, Dwayne. Oh, the, the, the new title sounds all right. <laughs> well, I nearly dropped in. I was up at Bendigo a week ago, and I nearly took the little detour uh, to have a look at your beautiful pub. Uh, it's, it, what's, the, what's the prime location in your pub? Is it... Is it the beer garden? Uh, is it the kitchen? Uh, what is it? Well, for live music, it's the beer garden. It's the sport. It's the front bar, clearly. But uh, the bistro will suit you nice and uh, it will suit you perfectly if you just want a little counter meal. So, no, we, we accommodate everyone, mate. That's uh, nice to hear. And uh, if you want to drop up there for a beer, uh, Chris Anstey will be pulling the beers behind the bar, if not cooking your palmy. Um, who's cooking most in the NBA at the moment, Chris, individual-wise? Because it's... The injury to Joel Embiid has been something that's been a pretty big headline in the last couple of days and how much that's going to affect his team going forward. Yeah, it has, and probably the conversation around that's been the, the rule that was implemented by the NBA that states that for any player to win an individual award, you need to play a minimum, a minimum of 65 games. So this will make Joel Embiid ineligible, even if he may have been in consideration after missing that many, but... We've been chatting over the last few days and we ran a couple of trips over to the United States last year and due to the fact we wanted to watch Josh Giddy in person a number of times, we by default saw Shade Gilgis-Alexander and, you know, there were 80 adults, you know, over two mm. groups and we all agreed that Shay was the most impressive player that we'd seen in person. So for him and, you know, a lot of us have kept a really close eye on him this year. I don't think it's any surprise so many that he's in the conversation to win league MVP, although he might not be as big a name as Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic. It's, I, I think he's been as impressive as anyone. Um, the OK City Thunder at the moment sit uh, at, at second, I might even be on top of the West. Uh, they're just having, having an exceptional season and probably have put themselves in the championship contention a year or two ahead of what was probably even internally expected. Yeah, it's an amazing, when you look at who is in contention, would, the 76ers can't win it without MB, can they? No, they can't. And the fear for them is that they fall down into a fifth or sixth seed and come up 
you know, against a, a Celtics or a Milwaukee in the first round and, you know, have to get by that before they even advance. So, no, that, look, they're not a contender without Joel, but the talk out of Philadelphia, from my understanding, is they're still approaching their tilt at a championship this year on the premise that he will be back. And that, of course, makes this week really interesting with the trade deadline about a week away to see what they do to strengthen their team if it is to include Joel. So it's a really interesting week in the NBA coming up, both the teams that are in the window, teams that have injuries, and in fact, teams that may have you know, drawn a line through this season, want to get off some money and make some moves next off-season. So a really interesting week for those uh, those diehard NBA fans who are keen to see what those roster changes are. And pretty much the main reason I've got you on, Chris, and this is a question without notice, I knew I was getting on partly for this and you didn't know, but the mid-season trade or the window that the NBA has always had for trade, what is the good and the bad out of it for the AFL to learn from now that we know it's coming into the AFL next year? Yeah, look, I think the important thing to understand probably for fans from the outside looking in is that, to the best of my understanding, I know this to be true in the NBA, but the league itself holds the player's contract and it's, you know, a team essentially owns that share at any given time, so it's able to be traded at any time. Now, with the NBA, the argument is very simple that if players are earning millions of dollars a year, that, you know, it's not as big a imposition on their lives uh, for a number of reasons because they are able to afford moving anywhere around the country and still becoming very rich young men. Now, you know, having said that, I've been through it. I've seen people who've been through it. It means uprooting families. It means, you know, new schools for children, all, all those kinds of things. Now, with the AFL, as it increases and its level of professionalism and tries to remain in the forefront of global sports. And I know we're only, when I say that, we're not compared to anywhere else in the world, but we want to be seen like that. I I just think it adds another layer of interest in the middle of winter when, you know, the the players are going through that really cold, wet, crappy stretch of the season. It adds a level of interest. There's an interim step to be considered, I think, with the AFL, and that's that if a trade's agreed on, it has to also be agreed on by the players involved which would minimise the impact on families because, in fact, they've chosen that it's the best for them, maybe because of lack of opportunity, maybe to be in a in a position that they're more likely to succeed or maybe it's just a better living environment. So in the short term, if the player were to have to sign off on it, I just think it would make for a really interesting few weeks in the AFL season. Mm, no, I think it would as well. Has there been many NBA players who've simply said, no, I'm not, I'm not going there, that's it, and sat out? Well, the NBA players don't get a choice. They, they don't, if, you know, I got a phone call at 8 o'clock one morning telling me I had a, you know, had a flight booked at 12 o'clock um, and I was gone out of Dallas and I had to be in Chicago to check in within 24 hours. So we, we get no choice. That was the first I'd heard of it. You know, I never spoke face-to-face with anyone in the club about it. I was just gone. Um, the longer you're in the league and the higher you're standing, clubs will tend to try to send you to a club that you prefer. And we've seen... You know, Damian Lillard, for example, as best he can manipulate where he wanted to end up. Uh, Bradley Beal ended up in Phoenix as his preference. So the, 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 the higher you're standing in the game, certainly the more of a say you get. But it's not so much holding the team that you're leaving to ransom. It's advising the team that you're going to that you may not be at your best and you may be looking to move on as quickly as mm. possible. So it's probably not worth the trade.
Has anyone quit over it and said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play? I know that you're telling me that's where I've got to go, but I'd rather just not play. You didn't consider coming home at that time, I presume. No, well, I still wanted to get paid. <laughs> yep. And that's where the collective bargaining agreement comes in. And, you know, it's another interesting element when the next collective bargaining agreement comes around. We've seen in recent times, for, for a number of reasons, James Harden choose to sit out, Corey Irving choose to sit out, Ben Simmons somewhere between choosing and being forced to sit out mm. and still wanting to be to be paid their full entitlement through their contract. So I think that has to be fixed. You know, there's got to be the assumption that if you're paying these players lots and lots of money, whatever sport or whatever league you're in, that the main the main element of their job description is to actually perform as a professional athlete and to compete. Um, so they need to make sure they tidy that up. And I think if we do see more examples of players choosing to sit, you know, it might just impact all of the other players around the league. And uh, that's certainly a precedent that might swing more closely back or swing towards the side of the owners a little bit more. And coaches come and go more often in the NBA as well. That's just a given, is it? Yeah, it is. And, yeah, the really interesting ones have been the Milwaukee Bucks of recent times where... You know, the second best record in the East. Their coach gets fired. They bring in Doc Rivers and, you know, he coaches three games, wins one, but he's all of a sudden the all-star coach because he's <laughs> the highest-seeded coach uh, who was, uh, who'd qualified to coach it. So, no, look, it's a really tricky one. I, I always sit on the fence with this. I mean, Adrian Griffin from the Milwaukee Bucks, who was removed with, a, I believe it was a 30-13 and 13 record. Now he's going to sit back, and as much as I know he'd love to be coaching, you know he's still being paid for the next two years not to. And yeah, you know, it's I wonder what he does. I wonder where he ends up, and I wonder how that's impacted him and his family. But at the same time, you know the requirement is that he still gets paid, so it's a little bit different of firing someone and their uh, their contract's mm. terminated immediately. And Melbourne United still the team to beat. We haven't we've spoken since. Uh, they're, well, they're going pretty well. There's a couple of teams that just have little losses every now and then, like the Wildcats that make you wonder, make you go, hmm? Yeah, yeah, they are. I, I think United are the most consistent, especially when they've got a full roster to choose from. They had a, a very comfortable win against a very shorthanded South East Melbourne Phoenix team, which is probably the, the type of game that they needed. Um, they'd lost a couple of games leading in a little bit shorthanded, but I always assume that when a team's that far ahead, they'll get through their heavy training block and not mind if they lose a couple to really peak uh, for the playoffs, knowing that they can afford to drop a game or two. The Perth Wildcats perhaps sit in that boat as well. They've, for all intents and purposes, locked up second spot on the ladder. But it was an interesting loss to a, Perth, uh, to a New Zealand Breakers team who lost Anthony Lamb with a, with a snapped Achilles, sadly. Um, and they'll miss him for the remainder of the season. I think the Breakers were the one team on the outside of the top six looking in that many people thought if they're able to sneak in could really beat anyone on any given night. But there's a number of a number of us who believe that Anthony Lamb was one of the top three or four players in the NBL. And when you lose that calibre of player and you're fighting for every win, it makes that step just that little bit harder. So it looks like the top six are set. I still think uh, it comes down to three teams who have the ability and the likelihood of winning it. United sit on top clearly. The other two, uh, for me, still remain Perth and Tasmania. And what's the best thing on the menu at the Trentham? <laughs> We've got such a big menu, mate. It's a full menu, but any country pub's got to get got to have a good palmer, doesn't it? 
Absolutely. Make sure you go to Palmer and try the rest on your second visit. <laughs> Great. I like it. Got to have a big Palmer. Not just a Palmer, you've got to have a big one. Great to have you, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Dino. Chris Anstey, uh, the man who has taken over the Trentham and he's enjoying the country life like he's never enjoyed life before. Take a break. Plenty still to come on Dwayne's World. If you want to send through a text, 0433981116. Uh, Curtis sent one through earlier. Hey, Pipe. Are the umpires going full-time this year, man on the moon, before that happens? Uh, is the Taylor Swift concert a public holiday? Uh, he's asked me a few questions off that. Um, one thing that did make me go, hmm, Joel Embiid, uh, is he the most important player for any NBA team this year? And if, you can't, if he's not playing, they can't win it, according to Chris Anstey and everybody. David King said this about Max Gorn. Just made me think back to when Kingy said this about a week ago about Max Gorn being the most important player to any AFL team this coming year. Here's Kingy from a week ago. Well, he's not going to... I mean, who's second ruck out there? The, mm. the luxury they had last year, and Lee Montagna touched on this regularly, even though Brody Grundy didn't, that didn't work out, he still played a volume of games and percentage of time in the ruck that Max didn't have to do mm. through the 23 home and away season. He'll have to do all that now. He'll have to do pretty much the, the, the heavy lifting... If they're to be a top four team for what, eighty percent of game time? I mean, that's a mm. big ask for a guy at that age um, to be the absolute yeah. man. I think he's the most important individual to any team this year. If he has a down year, they have a down year. Kingy, uh, got a little window of opportunity to take your course. Isn't Max Gorn? Is he the most important individual to any team in the comp? Off the back of Joel Embiid going down, and the Seventy Sixers are done. Is it the Bond at the Bulldogs? Is it Toby Green at the Giants? Charlie Kernow at Carlton. Well, it might even be Nick Dacos at Collingwood. Who is it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Back to your calls and texts next.